Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Midline Executive Coaching, ACT, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. We are happy to be here. And we've got another good one for you. ACT Act and Cultural Transformation. Leaders, how are you acting? What is the timing of your leadership? This is what we're talking about the day, yes. today. The timing of your leadership, that's a very strange idea. I'm just the boss. I just My timing is always perfect. What are you talking about? I've always got the right answers, right time, what to do. I got it down. Well, 75% of the world in terms of uh, the work world, in terms of how they assess and measure leaders, say that leaders aren't so good at timing. They're kind of way off, in fact. They're sometimes they're really not even close at all. Not, not so, even close. Yeah. So... Uh, this idea of being versatile and timing and your leadership flexibility and all that kind of stuff in a very volatile, changing, dynamic world is more important than ever. And if you don't have that, it's easy to get locked into fear, locked into the way you start, you, you do things just in that fear of got to just survive this. And the result of that is you cannot be versatile because you're more important, more important for you to be right rather than look, making yourself look like you're a fool or you don't know what you're doing. And it gets into a whole series of cascading problems. So that's what we're going to do today. Hang on, buckle up. This is going to be fun. Rich, let's go with that. What about this idea of versatility versus just being stuck in the way you always do things? Well, you've talked about this quite a bit, Michael, when we talk to other people. So I, I'm going to I'm going to kind of paraphrase you for a second, if I can. Mm -hmm. That essentially, and this is global statistics, global statistics on on leadership where really you've got about 75% of the leaders out there that really are not doing very well. And statistics show this, that they have really have only one type of leadership style that they can count on. And that's, that's what this article is talking about is versatility, being a versatile leader. Now you, you bump this up next 20%, uh, 15 to 20% on those they might have a couple different styles that they rely on. They they're doing a little bit better, but it's only about you know five and in, in this article about nine percent is all they're showing. So I'm going to say five to nine percent of the leaders in the world really have a real clue on on how to use multiple leadership styles that they've acquired the skills around, and not just having those type of styles, but knowing when to use them. Timing is is critical. 
And and that's what this article is talking about. You know, it's it, versatility is a master capability. It's not a nice to have, especially yeah, yeah. in today's VUCA world. It's something that is absolutely necessary to acquire because you know things are changing rapidly. And if you don't have versatile skills and know when to use them, then you're going to be in, in trouble. It's it's uh, your leadership abilities are going to fail. And that's it's inevitable. So, so I mean, what's your take on this, Michael? Well, this whole idea you're talking about there, there are meta skill or a master skill in terms of that. What does that really mean when it's a, a meta skill or you know meta universe? It's one of this idea that it's kind of above and kind of overseeing all of this stuff and what's going on. It's a def, different perspective. It's an overall seeing perspective. So, if we talk about this as a master skill or a meta skill to be versatile in your ability to move around depending on the situation the people the challenges that you're facing here that you really are it is it is a master skill it is a meta above it all the ability to see and to get there is no easy thing because we all have our personalities we all have our ways of approaching work right and in this one particular article we're looking at they're saying that in terms of operational forcefulness that tends to be uh, the way most bosses look at how to get things done. You know, just do it my way. Let's get it done. Let's make sure this kind of thing happens. It's just the kind of forceful day-to-day operations. Another group is more like, you know, let's see if we can be more uh, supportive in how we do this and so we get along with this. And so it looks like there's these two different opposite polars. One, you know, the one that says forceful, oh, you're just too sappy or too goombaya. You really don't know what you're talking about. The other one says, you know, you're a little bit hard-nosed about this thing. You need to open up and take a look at it in a different way. And the interesting thing about it, whether it's in terms of operations or strategic, different levels of doing that, there is no one right answer, is there? No, there's not. It's it's all based on the situation. Yeah. Situational awareness is, is critical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so You've got to be able to disengage yourself enough as a leader to stand back and look at things in a critical, open-minded, objective manner just to assess, not to jump to conclusions, not to impose your own bias on it. And doggone it, under dynamic, volatile, changing, unpredictable times, that is very, very hard to do because everybody's caught up in their own survival. Will I make it? Will I keep my job? Will my team have their jobs? Whatever it is, this this sense of, you know, can we just survive through this? Right. So be able to step back and look at things critical takes actually a very emotionally mature person to do that. It, it and does. It's hard these days to find those people. Nine percent. Nine percent. And let's let's do this. Startling statistics here. Let's yeah. let's let's talk about this real quick on this this nine percent. Where they come well, this number. And if you, if you get a chance, this article it's uh it, it's entitled "It Takes Versatility to Lead in a Volatile World." Volatile World, and it's by Robert uh, Kaiser, Ryan Sherman, and Robert Hogan are the three authors in this, and they've been working on this for twenty six years. Yeah, they've used a tool uh, called a Leadership Versatility Index three hundred and sixty. A masterful now, article. It's really quite good. Absolutely great article. And here's the thing that we know, that when 360s are used appropriately by the right people in, in the right situations, they can be very, very effective. Very effective. 
there are times when 360s are not effective, but we, we won't go into that uh, right now, or even cultural assessments when they're not effective. But it has to be done essentially by an outside organization to really make these effective. And Because so, everybody's going to say, well, why is that? Why do you have to do it that way? Yeah. Why is that? There's, there are several reasons. What are some of those reasons that we know? That's just the way it is, man. Institutional bias is, is one of the biggest ones. That's right. Absolutely. That's a fact you you probably don't know. Yes. You probably don't know. You probably don't have all those skills necessary. And along with that institutional bias, there's also that ability to stand back and get a different perspective on what's going on. Right. I mean, you can walk into certain corporations and you can automatically start feeling what their thing is. That's one of the things we teach people when they're looking for work, how to, how to find the right kind. Now trust your gut on these things. What's what's your gut saying? How it, how does the culture feel right. to you? And if you're a fish in the water in that culture, you don't feel wet. No, you don't. No, you don't you, feel the bias. Yeah, and, you and, don't feel the prejudice that you bring to it. You know, yeah. you don't feel it because you think that's normal. It's normal. Absolutely. So, yeah. And and so the, the 360s that they did and they used they they did 24,000 uh, leaders. OK. Senior managers from a whole variety of industries around the world. So this is this is a global survey. And the one thing that they found out that only 9%, 9%, back to what we talked about, of leaders are skilled at balancing uh, forceful and enabling as well as strategic and operational leadership. And it goes on to further say that even, it's, it goes back to that 75% where, where only leaders may have like one style. And they might be very good at that one style. But the problem is, is their strength in that one style becomes a huge weakness, a big crutch. And it creates all sorts of blind spots that limit their versatility. So, and and that's, you know, and it's proven time and time and time again, that we think that we're really good at doing something. But if that's all we got, you know, in our bag of goodies, you know, it's not going to be enough. Not in today's world. It simply is not enough. That's right. You know, I, I, I know how hammers work. I've been using a hammer for 40 years. Yep. And I'm good with the hammer. And I, I know about hammers. So we're going to use a hammer on this one. Well, that's what you said about the last product. I know. I know hammers. Yeah. Have you ever hit yourself <laughs> with a hammer before? I'm really good at this, but oh, gosh, dang it. I hit my thumb. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we, we've talked about, Michael, is, you know, your leadership behaviors are all based on your versatility. It's so important to understand what your behavioral footprint is, what your versatility abilities are yeah. in order because how and how they impact those people around you. They're looking for guidance. Your employees are looking for guidance. When things change in the business world, and we've seen this lately, it's all over the news. You know, just a few mistakes by a few people in a company even even can throw your brand into an absolute tailspin. You know, and we we've seen this lately. I'm not going to mention the brands on here, but I don't need to because <laughs> I don't need to. But here's the thing: when you don't, when you're not versatile. When you look at, um, you're, you're not paying attention to the world around you. 
truly paying attention to the world around you and you and you're only relying on maybe one set of skills what happens it throws everything into a tailspin your employees your customers your brand everything about that and so um and it's an analogy if if you are really good at driving the ball down the green but you don't know how to get it the rest of the way onto the green and you don't know how to putt. You don't know how to get out of sand pits and all those kind of roughs that you get into, but you're really good at driving the ball down the green. That's what you'll be good at. But the other stuff, you don't know how to do that with the other clubs. You're going to be in a problem. It's the same thing with leadership. It's not one thing. It's a variety that makes it. And we, we talk to people like this, Michael, and, uh, and it's, it's very interesting that, we we find that they got more ability in some of these assessments that we do with them mm-hmm. than they per they they realize and they dreamed of. Yeah, they don't they even realize possible. they they have the, those abilities. It's untapped. It's untapped, but they're there. They're there, and that's one of the great things that we we come across is we're able to show people this is your strength. Absolutely, this is where you you uh, you lie most of the time, but. Did you realize how much of these other abilities that you have that are untapped? And a lot of times we see it's not only being untapped, but their confidence levels are very low in those areas. You know, and that that could be that that goes on to a whole different subject altogether. It is like somebody who has got a great throwing arm and can throw that sucker, you know, all the way from the outfield and they're playing second base. They can run and they can throw and they can get that right to the home. That's not their place. That's not their sweet spot in terms of the ball field where they're playing. And see, the thing about that is that guy that loves to throw the ball from way out, right field or left field or center field, all the way to home plate, that's a high. And so if I'm just tossing it from second base to third or to first, that's not as much as a high for the guy that can throw that ball. No. You know, and that's part of knowing what the talent is, knowing how to, to do the talent to the best of your ability. Yeah. And oftentimes people are put just in the wrong places and they don't know it. We were talking to uh, somebody who had a, a, a really high score at somebody, his natural ability, and yet his confidence was like next to zero. What is that about? Yeah. And he gets into it. He starts explaining, you know, well, it's because of this and this and that. Man, I'm telling you, you are a star in this thing. But for yeah. some reason, you don't you don't believe it. And as we started unpacking it, he started going, yeah, I can see that now. Yep. But because he was never validated or discounted or what it was, he's playing small ball. Playing small ball. And a lot of that goes back to those limiting beliefs. Yes, exactly. Somewhere along their career, somewhere in their life, there's something that happened to them. When we find this out time and time and time again, how many times they've been shot down by previous managers. Their ideas were not considered. They were shot down. You know, we don't want to listen to that. Never even got a chance to get off the ground. And so the confidence levels are trash, but yet, and so they don't go there anymore. Or they've never learned to really build that skill. You know, it's one of those things that, and I'm talking to these people, they'll they'll tell you, yeah, I'm really good at uh, such and such. They'll say, I'm a really hard charger. I'm not a soft pushover. I'm a rule. Uh, I'm a driver type person, or I believe in power through people, not power over people. And what they're doing is they're really idolizing that single virtue that they might have, that single skill they might have, without understanding 
that really is kind of pushing them away or separating them from all these other abilities that they have. Remember when we talked to one guy, the guy came across as a real driver. I remember when I first met him, he came across as a driver. We were talking, we'd take, we'd done the MLEI with him. And when it really got down to it, he was not the driver. He was actually something that was much more relational. He yes, was really yes. this guy, this helper kind of person. That's really who he was. Yes. And yet he'd been trained to think of himself as the driver. And because of that dissonance of, I got to drive people. And yet I'm really into relationship. He created very uncomfortable leadership positions for himself because he was denying who he was yeah. and just accepting who he was supposed to be. Once he started putting it together and figuring out how it really worked for himself, yeah. he became what? More confident. Confident. Absolutely. And he, he'll he tell us he's more confident now. Yeah. Because now he's working from who he is rather than who he thought he's supposed thought to be. he was. Exactly. You know, here's one of the things, Michael. Nobody knows what tomorrow's going to bring, especially in, in this, this FUCA world that we work in. Uh, there's disruptions all over the place. It's very volatile. Nobody knows. But here's the thing. If you're a leader in business, you need to have the ability to change at that moment's notice. You need to have those skills because you don't know what's coming tomorrow. But if you've only got one type of leadership skill, if if you're one of, of the 91%, according to this article, that is not a versatile leader. And that's sobering numbers because I'm sure people out there listening to, to us right now are going, no, I'm not one of those 91. I'm, I'm in that 9% and would be surprised to find out how wrong they are. It would be an interesting thing for the folks to do this. Yeah. Do this. Here's an interesting little experiment. Next time you are in a room full of leaders in your organization. Yep. Let's say there's 10. Yep. Let's say there's 20 in there. Count the room. Look at them. If it's 10, only one out of the 10 is going to be that versatile leader. If it's 20, only two. If it's 50, only five. Yes. See if you can figure out who are the versatile leaders and who are the other ones that are just kind of stuck in their own particular way yeah. of leading sans or without the versatility. I'll bet you'll start noticing that there's yeah. a real distinction. If you identify those versatile leaders, there's a real distinction between the ones that are versatile and the ones that are not at all or kind of. Yep. Here's the good thing about this, Michael. Here's the saving grace. This metacompetency we're talking about, a versatility. And versatility, man, we could break down versatility into, into timing, skills, talent, whatever you want to break it down. But it's being that, that versatile leader. It's coached. You can be coached to be different. It, it can be learned, it can be developed, and it can be coached. You, and the thing about it is, here's the thing. That's an absolute truth. The thing about it, though, is you've got to get the right information. Right, exactly. You've got to know how you work. What is the timing of your leadership? Yeah, yeah. And it's moves through the leadership maps. You've got to know that and you've got to practice that. And you've got to learn how to confront your fears so those fears don't overrail you and put you into derailing behaviors or gaps that fail you in times of leadership. Those are the things that you just don't know. You just, yeah. and oftentimes you can't see. I was talking to somebody today and as he's going, yeah, that's what I do. And that, so here's the problem with that. Oh, yeah, that is a problem. And before it's just, I want to just 
paint that over. I just don't want to deal with that. But once it's there, black and white, it's like, yeah, that's that's the painful, but freeing information I needed to become my best. So you can't do it alone. That's just a fact. You don't have the information. You don't have the background. You don't have the understanding. doesn't mean you're stupid or anything. It's just you don't know. Work with people who know. The best thing you can do is work with people who are smarter than you are in the thing that you want to learn. Not in everything, but in the thing that you want to learn, the thing that you want to accomplish. It's what great leaders do. They hire what? People smarter than themselves. Absolutely. They do. Um, and if you're skating along, I, th- I think the, really the moral of this story, Michael, is if you're skating along in your comfort zone, cruise along your comfort zone, confident that you, uh, you that those th- that maybe one real ability that you think you have is going to be enough for you down the road, you're absolutely wrong. Yeah, and, and and the sad thing is, is you're going to find out the hard way. We would prefer you not. We would prefer you not. And this is a reason why. The world right now is in need of great leadership. We need it. We need it in, I mean, different organizations. We need industries to be strong. We need, uh, you know, we need strong leadership in, in every aspect we can think of. And global statistics show, and I'll, I'll tell you what, just look at the news for a day or so, and it'll tell you how in desperate need we are in leadership. Yeah. But talk to us. Talk to us. And uh, give us a chance to, to show you where your skills and talents lie. Help us help you yes. to see what a great leader you are and can right. become. Right. And can continue to grow over that. How many more years you're going to be in work? That and yep. then with that, how you can then help others to grow into great leadership themselves. Absolutely, it, it, it's it's a it's a pass it forward kind of a thing. So don't play small ball. Learn how to play big ball and invite other people into the big game. Yeah, and That's no what matter saying. what your age is, no matter how long you've been in your industry, no, no matter how how skilled you may be at your job, because what we're talking about are two different things. You may be very skilled at your job, but this is a totally different subject and skill set. Absolutely. All right, let's wrap it up here. Okay. Thank you for joining. What do we want to tell them about how to get hold of us? Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com, M. Bailey at IntelligentLeadershipEC.com, R. Barron at IntelligentLeadershipEC.com. Look us both up on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, easy ways to message us right there. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Let's let's talk. Let's, uh, you know, have a conversation. Yeah, let's go get over to the know website. Go over to the website. Take that MLEI. Yeah. It's, I'm, going, I'm going to tell you this, and I, it, I struggle with this every day. I don't get it. Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah. For people who say that there are leaders, that they are shakers and movers, for people that say they want to, take teams and make them great and all that kind of stuff. They want to be the change agents. Why would they not want to know the full story on themselves? Get the dope, get it figured out, know how to take it to the next level. I do not understand that resistance. Yep. Go embrace it. Find out how much greater than you, than you are and you even realize that you are. Yep. That's And that's the first step. I'm telling you, it is the first step. And you'll be, you'll be amazed. Anyway, that's it for now. 
Shout outs. What was that? I just saw one? It just who was it? It was a new one. It was, I, what was that? I can't remember. <laughs> what was it? Here it is right now. It's Lancaster. Lancaster, Ohio. I don't think I've ever seen Lancaster, Ohio. That's a, that is a new one. That is a new Lancaster, one. And we have some Hawaii, new folks yeah. in France as well. Yeah. We some new yeah, folks some in folks France that we're listening. So yeah. thanks so much. Yeah. And again, till we talk next time, take care of each other and uh, we'll see you again soon. Leaders lead well. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.